Well, hello, folks, and welcome to another installment of your favorite podcast on this flat plane, the Firmamental Podcast. Uh, we got a very special guest with us, returning guest. Uh, we got our boy, Derek Spit, in the house. Uh, before we get into that and introducing Derek to you guys once again, I did want to mention some big news. Uh, I think a lot of people in the truth community, a lot of people know of our podcast through George Hobbs and Flat Earth Files and Fact Hunter. Matter of fact, all of us have been previous guests on, uh, on Flat Earth Files. And, uh, but we got a big name. Uh, we got a famed Substack writer, um, Scipio Eruditus, who is now going to be uh, turning his original writings on Dispatches from Reality and starting a podcast with it. And he's decided to join the Firmamental team. So uh, one of the Firmamentalists is now going live with his own podcast probably be dropping at the end of the week but we did want to let you guys know uh, we're expanding our wings we're going to be introducing new podcasts and we're super excited to have skip your jump jumping the game with us and uh you guys know that man he's brilliant so i think he's going to be bringing thunder and we're excited to have him on the team so uh be looking out for that um it's going to be us branching out and adding adding new shows to the firmamental family and we're glad to have Scipio Eruditus join us, and also Derek Stitt joining the team. Uh, we're going to be pushing his podcast as well. You're familiar with him through the Talking Stitt podcast, and we have him live with us tonight. Let me remind you before we get started with him, Alex is with us as well. It's going to be the three of us having some fun and just letting loose for a little while, but I wanted to remind you guys to go check out the FirmamentalPodcast.com, uh, share the show with your loved ones and friends, and even your worst enemies, send it to them too. <laughs> we'll get them converted as well. But uh, right. yeah, follow, follow, share, subscribe, push it out there, pump it out there. And everybody that's listening to our show, when Scipio's show drops, you go on the Dispatches from Reality podcast, you go subscribe to him as well and start listening to that content. And also, for those of you who haven't, go check out Talking Stit. And go follow and subscribe and check out this man's work because he does all kind. He talks about all kinds of different subjects. Matter of fact, I listened to one today that was pretty interesting, and it was about retro video games. And it was actually really fun to listen to something different for a change. So uh, I appreciate the content that this man's pumping out. And with no further ado, let us introduce once again the one and only Derek Stitt. Say hello to the firmamentalist out there. What's up, my dudes? How we doing tonight? Yeah, what's up, Garrett? Oh, man, just kicking it, dealing with uh, the kiddos like usual, and, you know, wanted to hit up you guys and do an episode together and, you know, do a little talking to stay from mental crossover. I just wanted to say, everybody out there, that Derek is drinking Bud Light, and he refused to have me on the retro video game night on his... Godfuck <laughs> Light, I promise. It's a blue can, but it's a Keystone Light. I mean, it might, it might be just as watery, but no, you know, it's not Bud Light. <laughs> Not dog <laughs> he's not travis kelsey so uh actually i think uh coors makes keystone right so i guess there there i i'd be drinking some coors light man so yeah coors yep and i actually like coors banquet the best so you know yeah the gold, can. gold can or the little stubbies little stubby bottles <laughs> <laughs> yeah those are cool man so uh no i just wanted to hit yeah. you guys up and it's kind of fun to like get back together because you, you, as we're both doing this podcast thing and we're moving along and moving and grooving it's you know you get more and more people come on for interviews and telling stories and 
it's cool to go back and have these, like, we hit each other up and we both started doing these things. You hit me up after George Hobbs had, had me on, as well as Alex, all three of us. That's where we got our start is George Hobbs on Flat Earth Files. And it's, it's just kind of cool. It's like a homecoming party in a way. You know what I mean? We can just come and crack some jokes and kind of celebrate where each of us have gotten, you know, in the time being. Oh, yeah, man. I forgot to mention, man, in the in the opening. But uh, hey, man. Much love to the firm fam out there. All the firmamentalists do. We just hit 20,000 downloads. So, you know, that's one of the first big plat, uh, you know, plateaus that we've reached. Uh, but it's not going to plateau. It's going to keep climbing. We're going to go higher and higher. So uh, thank you guys for the support, the love and the sharing of the show and all your great comments and emails, beat pipe messages that we've been getting. Thank you guys. And uh, I did want to say too, man, Alex and, and Stitt, uh, recorded an episode about WCW wrestling and, yeah. uh, oh, yeah, yeah, they have a whole, they have a whole episode, man. If any of you guys like old school wrestling, go check out that on the, uh, the talking stit page, man. That was a good one. So I'm, I'm kind of upset. I missed that one and I missed the, uh, the retro video gaming one, man. I could have got down on that one. <laughs> we'll do another blue pill episode. You'll come on for that one, man. Cause that's the fun part about like, you know, from mental, I love where we can always talk flat earth and then that leads into some it's like the greatest conspiracy of all can lead us into so many other avenues of conversation but you know like in talking stead i'm like man sometimes maybe take that blue pill just for a night and just like let's talk about like remember remember the old gi joe's in the 80s or something you know what i mean just <laughs> just reminisce about some fun stuff where it's like we got holy wars going on and we got taylor swift and travis kelsey blowing up the news feed and I mean, it's like, come on, we need to take a step back from reality sometimes, but we still need to keep our third eyes open too, you know? I feel yeah, I'm glad, Eric, because you didn't get a chance to like grow up in the 80s like we did. We had the best toys like He-Man, G.I. Joe, uh, Transformers. Like, dude, you missed all that. Actually, I did. Dude, I had all, all of toys. Castle Grayskull, man. All of Castle Grayskull. Battle Cat, Cringer, all the bad guys. I had the whole setup. The turtles, Ninja Turtles, and the turtle van and everything. But the thing was, yeah. my mom, she loved garage sales, so I'd find all those toys anyway. So I'm like, cool, man. So I got them way cheaper than you guys paid for them. <laughs> well, I take my kids to Walmart now, and they have like all, like they have remakes of all the Ninja Turtles and E-Man, and they, they basically just recreated our childhood now. They couldn't, yeah, and they're like 30 they, they couldn't do piece. anything. Yeah. Remember, they're like, hey, remember you didn't have money when you were a kid? Now you do, but now they're also like four times as expensive as they used to be, by the way. You know? <laughs> And not as cool. And not as cool, man. Yeah. The I don't like the way they change it. They remixed them, and I don't like the remix, bro. I like right. the originals. Right. And I had I had an old man moment at the grocery store with my kids the other day, and I was like going to buy a pack of gum, and it was like five dollars for a pack Dang. of gum. I'm like, what the hell is this? I remember when this was like thirty cents, and I'm like, yeah. I sound like my grandpa, like five, like a nickel for a hot dog, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> You can put a quarter in a machine and get a gumball. Okay, sure thing, Grandma. Let's get you to bed. You know? <laughs> oh, man. You guys, uh, you know what happened to me just before I went into university? This was back in like 96, 97. They had 25 cent shot nights at the bar. And, and, and this one guy, he just went off because I was telling the story to my daughter because she's 15 and trying to educate her on, the, on how scary alcohol can be. And they don't, like, people don't really warn you, right? Like, I said, well, how many shots do you think you need to have a, like a crazy night? He's like, I don't know, six, seven. I'm like, dude, two, and you will not remember the night. Yeah, yeah. 
Like when you're, when you're young, right? When you're young, two shots and you're gone. But this guy, he was like 17 or eight, I guess he was 18. And he did like 20 shots. And then he went out into the cold and he fell off a bridge and drowned. And then they, oh. and then that was it for 25 cent shot night. Like they changed all the rules after that. We're back in my hometown. And I think it was like $5 shots from then on, but it's like, that was, that was my old man moment with alcohol. It's like, we were so close to the grail of partying. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's crazy, Dude, man. 25 cent shot night. That is just danger waiting to happen, man. Right. How many fights did they have on that night? Oh my goodness. And that's like, that's like 12 cents, 13 cents US. <laughs> so even better on our odds. Cool, man. Five bucks. I'll be passed out dead with, you know, liver poisoning or whatever. I'm joking. I'm not trying to make light of it, but that's crazy, man. You can get shots for 25 cents a piece, but man, I don't know, man. Like, where, where do you guys want to go with this? And I want to, I want to just talk, talk some shit. Like, well, you know, you can't get drunk off Bud Light, right? I mean, you'll lose your genitals, but you can't get drunk off Bud Light. Oh, I know. It's, it's per se. Hold on. My kid's cracking my door open. I'm going to go shut it. You guys keep talking. Go for it, brother. Go for it. Well, let me ask you, Alex, because sometimes, you know, not, not in a bad way. I don't want you to always be like kind of the Jamie to Joe Rogan, you know, you got to get forefront sometimes getting the, get on the, the field as so we're going to transition to what's your opinions on this Travis Kelsey, man? Yes. Interesting. This is like a total nobody. And all of a sudden, like, I never even really watched this guy play. Like, is he better than a, a Shannon Sharp? Is he better no, than a... actually? Pretty, actually, he's actually pretty good, has been for quite a while, but he's just always yeah. showboat, showboaty, like, attention grabber to where, in a way, you're kind of like, hey, I've been a Chiefs fan my whole life. So, point being, like, he's actually good, but he's kind of flashy and showboaty, and then, of course, perfect guy to maybe... No, he, he, like Travis more. Kelsey's a beast, dude, on the field, he's a beast. And not only, you know, like, uh, I'm not gay, but the, he's a good-looking dude, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's yeah, got that, he's got the personality, he's a good-looking dude, he's, you know, he's flashy, he's got Super Bowl rings, uh, he's like, I don't know how many times he's, he's made the All-Pros, but uh, he's probably the best tight end in the, in the league, along with the, the cat from San Francisco, uh, George Kittle. But, uh, I mean, man, he's a tremendous player, dude. Like, I'm not yeah. a Chiefs fan, uh, but uh, respect to the dude's uh, skills on the field. Like, he's dope, man. <laughs> and that's the thing about him is he's a great player. But, you know, it's just kind of funny that, you know, NFL recently has kind of been under the scrutiny a little bit the past couple of years of possibly, like, some rig this play, rig this play. Now you can actually go Vegas-style and bet and gamble on games, which only make speculation a little bit bigger you know what i mean so yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of weird that all of a sudden kelsey's this uh everywhere all at once if you know what i mean i don't know if you guys remember but i was actually talking about this uh today to somebody uh do you guys remember reggie bush and kim kardashian was watching him and mm -hmm. they're, yep. they're pushing kim kardashian during the super bowl and they've been they've been waiting for something like this right like they like having this uh you know, famous girlfriend in the, or remember the Cowboys with uh, Jessica Simpson and Romo. Romo. Yep. Yes. Yes. I forgot about that. Actually, so, just reminded me of that yesterday. I was like, oh, crap. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. So Taylor Swift might be the most hyped up woman in the, in the stands. And Kelsey, I mean, if he was a quarterback, I'm surprised. Like they didn't make like, uh, you know, a, 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 like the next great hope, like the next Peyton Manning with Taylor Swift in the, uh, 
Peyton Manning's ugly as hell, though, and Travis Kelsey is a good-looking dude, so <laughs> I think that's why they went after him, because he's got, like like Stitt said, he's got this flashy style, and, and he's like, he's a beast on the field, and he's a good-looking dude, and now he's doing commercials, but, you know, Taylor Swift, bro, I could have thought of, like, somebody, wait, I'm sorry, but I don't find Taylor Swift to be that hot, or that talented, yeah. actually. I mean, is she talented? Yeah, probably. But, uh, you know, I don't think she's the most talented out there, and I don't think she's the hottest out there, but it's whoever the Illuminati, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, come on, man, she's a sellout, dude. She even looks like I've seen a conspiracy theory. Those are she's a, she yeah. is uh, Anton LaVey's uh, yep. creation of his wife. The daughter. Or of or his, his wife. It was his, yeah, his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was it his daughter. Exactly. His daughter, like, like one of the two. Yeah, she looks just like Yeah. Her. Yeah, I've been seeing that on Instagram. So uh, one more thing before I shoot it back your ways, but I saw this thing and it was like KSC, the Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift KSC special. It's all two small, two uh, small breasts, uh, two bony thighs, and a left wing. Oh man! Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I actually thought, and this is like on the record because we're doing for Memento right now. But I want to get, I want to get a shirt made up for Raul that says, "Like, I'm not gay, but like that." that. Oh gosh, no! <laughs> you can make like one gay, month, but... or like the back would have like. The rest of a sentence, but you can only get each one per month. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, yeah. Black all twelve, or if you want to just, you know, get your favorite. <laughs> I I just think that's a great way to start any sentence. Like when I talk to my wife, I always say, like, you know what your problem is. And then we go <laughs> yeah. into that. Always goes over really well. Man, you know, there's some weird conspiracy stuff though. Like you said with the Anton Lavey thing with like Taylor Swift. She's been in those circles for a long time. We see the triangles, the cover your eyes, the the hush whisper sign and all the, the you know the okay which sometimes that's just the okay symbol i mean ronnie dangerfield yeah. used to do that back in the day and i really don't think ronnie dangerfield was been, i think he was doing it like, like, you know just be goofy guy right but but there's others that do it with just different intent and travis kelsey you know it's back to that he might be the perfect guy where you've got the Super Bowl winner, you know, like, what is it, two times Super Bowls in the past three years or whatever. And uh, I don't know. He's just this big guy that's everywhere all at once that he is the good looking guy. But it doesn't really make sense why the two of them would be together looks wise. Not some superficial, but she's not that great looking. And I don't know. I mean, his past is kind of like dark skin smoke shows. Yeah. Def Dude, definitely not Taylor Swift whatsoever. They're both. The age 33, which is like, there's some weirdness to that. Then there's also this, like, I guess one of the two of them, um, I, I snagged this earlier. So TMZ had put up something about uh, Travis Kelsey is buying a new house because of how accessible his old home was and the attention of, of dating Taylor Swift is getting too much, basically. So paparazzi and people are forming his house. So he basically just bought this new house that. The way they line this up on the phone, I mean, in, I don't know if you can see it on my phone, but anyways, the way they line it up is they put it in order where it could just be a continuous line, but they put it up $6 million, six bedrooms underneath that, six bathrooms underneath that. You're like, where's their big 666 right in the middle of that? Both the 33, there's, a, you know what I mean? There's a lot of weirdness going on with this relationship in my I don't know the answer, yeah, but I think yeah that that numerology is crazy, dude. That numerology, the both thirty three years old, and then on the post it says what 
six million dollar house, six bedrooms, six bathrooms, but it's all lined up in the profile. Yeah, I did one on top of the other. Posted that on Instagram, didn't you, or something? Yeah, or you yeah. sent me. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's into some crazy numerology. Yeah, and then, well, and, and then also Biden, Biden got a freaking Chiefs jersey. <laughs> did, I sent that to you also. Um, they, they made Joe Biden a freaking Kansas City Chiefs jersey. <laughs> I wouldn't want that guy cheering for my team. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey hung out with him. He used to scream "Fight for your rights, party." Now he's "Fight for your right to Pfizer." You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd give him the number eighty six, and then just put a little asterisk with a D, like eighty six. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Been demoted. Uh, I wish yeah. that I wish those numbers would impress me though. But I need to know how many bidets Travis Kelsey has in his house. There's probably one in each of those bathrooms. There's probably three toilets in each of those bathrooms. <laughs> that's that's how I that's how I gauge how awesome you are, how many bidets you have in your house. Otherwise, you're just a filthy animal. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's just They're everywhere. He's all Doritos and Campbell's chunky soups. You're like, dude, you might be good, but Jesus, give us a break, man. <laughs> Krusty the clown. Oh yeah, Bud Light, Doritos, oh. uh, Campbell's chunky soup, uh, the Progressive. Yeah, um, don't forget, dude, the Pfizer. Guy, dude, yeah, the <laughs> Pfizer. Oh, the Pfizer one. Come on, man. This dude is pushing a dab. Yeah, two shots, bro, with two band aids on. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, uh, he he signed that contract with the with good old Lucy, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lucy Fur. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, man. And like you said, I thought that I thought the dude liked sisters because he's like a. He's like a white dude. I'm not going to say that word. I'm not going to go anywhere near that yeah, word. Yeah, no yeah, Some yeah. people go like he's he, he's a he's a wannabe brother. Like yeah, right. He, uh, even talks with that slang, like dude, because uh, you wouldn't think that somebody that likes sisters would go after uh, Taylor Swift's bony ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's not hurting for money. You know, he's not gold digging. No, and yeah. No. Let's say that two time, you know, Super Bowl champ and blah blah blah. I mean. All you got to do is start to say that sentence and you've already got alimony payments on the way, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Taylor Swift is interested. And then I don't know if you've seen all the celebrities that keep coming and hanging at the, the Swift or the, um, Swift, the suite. <laughs> I was trying to say with, uh, yeah, like Wolverine, Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds and his wife, Blake Lively. You've got the, uh. the, the girl that was just Sophia Turner that was just married to the Jonas dude that. Apparently they're getting divorced because she's going out partying too much. It's kind of like, why are all these celebrities all of a sudden coming to hang out with? Man, I've been a Chiefs fan my whole life, and everybody's made fun of me for being a Chiefs fan until the last five years when everybody goes, no, I'm a Chiefs fan. And I'm like, yeah, of course you are because you're bandwagoning, but I've been there for happy years. So now all of a sudden, why are all the celebrities hanging out with, you know, it's getting a little weird. You know, yeah, it's a Midwestern team. You know, it was a yeah. creepy thing for the that nobody talks about with the Chiefs is when that dude shot himself in the parking lot. Nobody talks about that anymore. Was uh. it was Danny Green the coach at the time? I felt so awful for him because the guy shot himself like in front of De- Danny Green. That, that was his name. I don't remember I don't Dennis remember that Green, story honestly. Yeah, how you long ago? Remember that? that? No, how long ago was that? Because I know Marty Schottenheimer was the the coach for um, quite a while through like the mid nineties and everything. This was Somebody just before, took over. I don't remember who the coach was. was just before Andy Reid, uh, and oh, yeah, okay, it was like okay. the two, early two thousands, I believe. Like that's what I was gonna say. Somewhere in that ballpark, that's where I kind of actually was kind of starting to fade off a 
little bit. Like, yeah. So I, this this guy he I killed his girl- for the Chiefs for a minute. This guy killed his girlfriend, and then he drove to the Chiefs facility, and mm-hmm. he, he killed himself right in front of Dennis Green. Like wow. crazy. I think he. Sh- I can't remember if he shot himself in the head or if he shot himself in the chest, like Junior Seau did. Yeah. But uh, I-, I think he was one of the ones where they were checking his brain to see if he had CTE or whatever. Mm-hmm. But to me, that's the most infamous Chiefs thing that nobody talks about anymore. Like, to me, right. that's a huge deal. Like, that's like the, the NFL's 9-11. Yeah. You know, when I think about the Chiefs, I think about when Joe Montana left and went and played for them, you know, because like yeah. they, they, they were in the quarterback cellar for like a long, long time. And then they got the GOAT to come over and play with them. And they go on this big playoff run. They didn't win it all, but like, yeah, you know, Joe was already at the end of his career, but you know, uh, like, man, you guys were, you were in a quarterback desert, you know, for a long time, you know, and then lo and behold, here comes this, uh, Patrick Mahomes. And I remember my team's the Cardinals. They passed up on him mm-hmm. and that the Chiefs ended up picking him up. And I was like, mother. Oh, and like, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, like every team that passed up on him, like, yeah, picking themselves in the rear. huh? Well, and that's the funny thing is, yeah, it just comes back to, you know, sports sometimes is bandwagon or stuff like, because. Me, that's that's my favorite quarterback of all time is Joe Montana. And it's like, yeah, he was a niner first. I'm like, yeah, but dude, he was still like, and I got a bone to pick with him because he wore his stupid gloves. That's why they make it all the way because he wore gloves first time. It was cold. It was like a New England, like somewhere in that place, Boston or something like that. And Joe Montana never wore gloves. And he decided to wear gloves and it was balls going everywhere. Did something he shouldn't have done in a game that, you know, don't put that on the line. But anywho. The Derek Thomas era. That's who I was named after. Yes. Um, Marcus wow. Allen. That's my brother. He was named after my brother's middle name, Marcus Aaron. So anyways, like grew up as Chiefs fans and that's, that's the era. Neil Smith and all those guys. Like that was my I mom and dad. We went to like Chiefs luncheons. We got to meet half the team and got balls signed by, not my balls, but got footballs signed <laughs> by half the team and stuff. And it was really cool. But, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, Football's got so corporatized nowadays, but you know, it's back to that bread and circus stuff. Like, why are we seeing all of a sudden every bit of like non football fans getting turned into football fans? You know what I mean? It's like we're trying to distract more and more people into, I don't know. If you guys noticed that too, like, I noticed. Go ahead, Alex. Um, I just noticed the older I get, the more ridiculous I think all of the salaries are so that's kind of the thing that turns me off of pro sports like uh, i watched so one of one of the things that really broke the camel's back for me was adrian peterson when he was beating his son or whatever and he he he, uh, they, he got suspended for two games for beating his son and he got paid though he made seven million dollars not playing and i looked at that and i'm like this guy did absolutely nothing beat his child and made more money than I will make in probably two lifetimes. That's, yeah. And I was just like, wow. I don't think anybody, that was like my moment where like, I'm like, I just can't accept that. I can't accept that, that this guy who's, I mean, he's a good running back, but is he worth two of my entire lifetimes for, for two games he didn't even play? Like, that's just crazy. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers is going to make 70 million off of a torn ACL or a torn. Okay. 70 yeah. million. Four plays. You know, an irony, that's a really bad joke, but um, that was another jet that went down on 9-11 because that game was on 9-11. I'm sorry. Uh, but 
as you know, yeah, I know he's inside job. That was a weird thing that everybody started pointing out. Like, wait a minute, how did he's a jet? Went down on that. Like, I don't know. Maybe there's <laughs> yeah. No, there's, do they like this weird hidden? Like, just like you mentioned with the numerology thing with with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift, and and like what you're alluding to, man, is like you know I'm a big sports fan, still am. I still do consume it. You know what I mean? I have. Uh, guys like Scipio telling me, you know, it's rigged, right? You know, but I, I can't, man. I've always loved athletics. I love competition. So I'm still going to watch it, but I'm not so invested that like my team loses and it ruins my whole week. You know what I mean? Or absolutely ruins my day. I'm just on to the next thing. Um, It's just an escape for me. But I think though that what they got to try to find ways to do is to keep the NFL relevant because it's a major industry, you know? And not only that, it's a great distraction from a lot of this stuff that's going on. And like, you know, we got major things going on in the world. And you said it before we fired up the microphones. Uh, Biden wants to, and, uh, and the good old lefties want to send another $109 billion to, you. it's a, like a package that's going to Ukraine, Israel, and I believe Taiwan, right? And yep. they yep. mentioned the wall too. I think they threw some working on the wall in there. Now, all of a sudden they want to build the wall. Now, yeah, it's, that's actually you know, a separate package. package. So that would be more money, but yeah. Oh my gosh. It's just ridiculous, you know, but I think that all this stuff is just to detour and, and, and distract people from other things that are going on because I mean, it's ridiculous to me, but people get more hyped up over their team losing than they do us uh, sending all this stuff that we could be using here at home, you know, and I don't know if you saw it. I don't know if I sent you the video, but I was driving around my neighborhood, not my neighborhood, but close to my neighborhood, you know, driving around in my part of the city over here and in, in this, you know, square block radius, not far from my home. And I, I just turned on my phone and started filming it, man. There was just, just these two streets that were just like littered with just like camps and crackheads everywhere and, and just walking around like zombies. And it's just like, it's like, looks like a war zone, dude. It looks like, it looks like something out of uh, the mo- movies in the future where they sh- show like the, the aftermath of the zombie apocalypse and like all these cities are wastelands. Like that's what my city's turning into, and here we are. We can't even take care of our own at home, and we want to send another hundred and nine billion dollars off to these other places. Like, take care of yourself first before you can even take care of others, right? Right. And I hate to tell you this, brother. Like, not in a negative way, but you know, you see that in your town, and guess what? I see the exact same thing in my town. Like, I live in a small town, like forty-five minutes away from. I live in Oklahoma. Okay, so like Tulsa and Oklahoma City are like the two biggest cities, right? I lived in Tulsa forever, but live in Old, Old Mulgee the past five years, whatever, long story short. But I work 45 minutes away, so I drive to Tulsa to work every day, which I work near downtown, Kent City. It's like you're saying. And and you look at more and more videos of the U.S., whether it's right-wing cities are turning into it, too. And, I mean, just for a caveat, like, I am libertarian. Like, I just gave up on the right-left paradigm. I don't care. It's the same dumb bird, you know. But the thing is, is, you see it in more right-wing cities now than you used to ever see it. Like you'd expect it in your Portland's and your LA's and stuff like that. But now you're starting to see it more in red states where you're like, wait, this is getting a little overwhelming. Like maybe it's not just my city. Like people are starting to wake up and realize it's a broader problem, you know? But yeah, stop sending money to other people when we need to fix our own problems, you know? Uh, yeah, it's just... It's it's disheartening to see uh, all this stuff going on, and I can't possibly be as invested in sports as I once was when when we have all these major problems and we're in this spiritual battle 
like it really isn't that important. You know, it's not, it's not high on the totem pole at all, but yet a lot of people still, I mean, I get guys who like it, where I work that will try to talk to me about this stuff and I'll, I'll talk about it glancingly and, 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 you know, talk about like, oh yeah, I saw, I saw the scores and yeah, your team lost and that, but I, I don't get all hyped up like I used to like, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm not consuming the mainstream media's bullshit either, dude. We're seeing right through this. Yeah. Right. Do you guys have, uh, in your cities, do you guys have like safe injection sites and things like that? Have you heard of this? I've heard of it. We don't have them. It's just called everywhere downtown though. I mean, it's not, I don't know if it's safe, but there's injection sites wherever you want to make them. <laughs> like, I don't know what's done in Vancouver, but they've started selling, like the government has started, like, I don't know if it's the government, but there's actual stores that are selling like legal meth and legal heroin and legal crack like you go to the legal store, meth yeah like you go to like a <laughs> and you you can buy hard drugs now that are government regulated so they just started this in vancouver and i wish that i was joking i wish that i was this was not the truth but they're like oh portugal did this they 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 made it so illegal drugs are are legal now and there's way less problems whoever is addicted to drugs can go get help there's no stigma decriminalized yeah yeah they're decriminalizing it meanwhile like if you guys ever went i mean if you went to every single canadian city you'd see it's not as bad as american cities but you go to vancouver and you'd be like oh my goodness this is like as close to like an la as you can get like we got major problems there's so many rich people there and then you got like epically poor people like it's you you wouldn't even know if you're in a third world country in some parts it's so crazy I couldn't imagine being homeless in Canada in the wintertime, man. Like, right. how do you survive, bro? Like, that's yeah. really cold. Dude. We, we had a guy like, like even yeah, we had a guy pass out in a snowbank and he lost both his legs to, to frostbite. Oh, wow. Because he was drunk and he just passed, like a homeless guy was drunk, passed out in a snowbank. And yeah, they had to cut his legs off because it was like, oh, it was man. seriously like minus 40 Fahrenheit. Yeah, that's, that's like great. California. Back in the day, California was like the big place for like, if you were homeless or if you were just even want to be a mu musician or an actor or whatever, and even if you ended up being homeless in that journey, it was a place you could sleep outside. The weather was great year round kind of thing. And then it just kind of started getting allowed more and more to where now California has got too many homeless. So whether they started getting bust out by the government, nobody talks about that or whether they just started saying there's not enough room anymore. So yeah, this homeless situation became like, you know, Oklahoma doesn't get as cold as Canada, but at the same time, I mean, Oklahoma can get 20 degrees, 15 degrees in the middle of the night in, in the wintertime. I mean, it's, it's still pretty damn cold. Yeah. I can get 115, 112, I mean, I mean, 100, like 12-ish heat index in the summertime. Like, you know, it's like, I'm not, I don't know. It's just became this epidemic across the entire country where it just used to be a few special locations almost. Yeah. Yeah, so you were asking about, do we have these safe injection sites? I do know that the New Mexico Health Department gives away free needles, which, hey, listen, like, okay, you're, you're an intravenous drug user. Like, I understand, like, you know, it, it, it can help slow down or curve the spreading of, of uh, blood disease. But at the same time, oh, and they give crack pipes, too. It's like they throw crack pipes in there, too. They give out, you know, the glass pipes or whatever for crack or meth or I don't know. But yeah. yeah, so they, yeah, you can get government needles and government crack pipes. That's, it's just insane to think about. And, you know, some people, I understand people have different point of view. Like to me, man, 
instead of spending the money on that crap, spend money on, you know, put the taxpayers dollars into rehabilitation programs, because let's be honest, man, somebody who's strung out on heroin, you know, and they're that desperate and somebody just shot up with a needle, you know, whether it's used new or, or fresh out of a packaging or whatever. And that's all that's sitting around. They're just going to put it in their arms. So like, I mean, these people that are that very, very few people are that strung out and are that meticulous about what they're actually putting in their system. They're already just so far gone. They're like, screw it. If it's around, I'm just going to, I'm just going to jab it in, you know? So I, I, I think it's just a way that they're putting a bandaid on, on something that needs stitches. You know, it's, it's not something that you could just, you know, that it's like, oh, the government's doing something good for the people. Then they're looking out for public health. Like, dude, well, if you're looking out for public health, you'd be actually like, uh, you know, going after these criminals, criminal syndicates that are putting this shit on our street. You know, you'd be stopping the flow of this stuff and you'd a- invest in rehabil- real rehabilitation programs. Right. Well, and that's something that you alluded to earlier is, you know, it's ironic that, you know, one president can say one thing and another can say the same thing. And it depends on how, how it gets taken, you know? And so now this president who was against the wall is all of a sudden talking about, let's build a wall you know, and let's continue this wall. And so I'm not saying build the wall, but I'm also saying we have these other problems going on that like, you know, nobody wants to get to the root of a problem. Like we got this homeless situation. It's not just a homeless situation. It's also, there's a mental health and a drug addiction situation. Where are the drugs coming from? Why are the people mentally ill? Well, because there's not avenues for them to take for treatment. There's no more, we close the mental institutions because, oh, they were unfit. But we also put unfit people back into society that has actually kind of crippled a lot of society. But, you know, what I'm saying is like nobody wants to ask the like they want to ask this like two day old question instead of 20 year old question, you know. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's crazy to watch these things happen. And that's the frustrating part about being in the truth community. We're like, how can they be so dumb? And we know already that they're not dumb. This is part of the game plan. And it, but that's what makes it so frustrating to to watch this intentional degradation of, of our society when we should be the greatest society that's ever lived. Like with everything, all the technologies that we have and all the opportunities that we have, what the heck, man? Why are any of us suffering right now? None of us should be suffering. It's crazy. If you want to have a roof over your head, you should be able to have a roof over your head. There's just unlimited possibilities and opportunities. Like, I, I don't understand uh, yeah, it's it's a frustrating thing to talk about. Well, it yeah, is frustrating. Oh, go ahead, uh, go ahead, Raul. Yeah, no, I just think we're seeing the, the the systematic destruction of of our Western societies, and I think you know America's this last big domino that has to fall for you know their global plans to fall in place, and I think they're finding a way to slowly do it, you know, and they're just breaking us down over over a, an extended period of time. And then we've just seen it, we've seen it accelerate since the pandemic. But I mean, I think they've been instituting this stuff since 2001, right? Since 9-11. I think that's where it began and we've seen it. And then now they're kicking it into hyper gear. Mm-hmm. I remember being a teenager and complaining about political correctness. I thought how, I thought it was really ridiculous back then. I already recognized it as being like some type of a censorship. And this was back in the early nineties and people are looking at me like, oh, well, that's not like I was, of course, the oddball questioning political correctness, because I mean, you grew up watching these hilarious comedians 
And even Dave Chappelle, he can, Bingo. the, guy, the yeah. guy walks the line so perfectly. The guy's an artist mm -hmm. and he doesn't, he doesn't really worry about being politically correct. He's got, he's an amazing median. Right. And, and, but we're, it, to me, that was like one of the first forms of self-censorship was the, uh, political correctness. So I recognized that already, what, 30 years ago. So that's pretty crazy. I don't think the terms political correctness and comedian go together. Like you can't be a, a great stand-up comedian and, and be politically correct. And that's what makes comedy great is the fact that, you know, nothing's off the table. <laughs> it's jokes. Folks. Good comedy always has a victim and woke comedy. They never want to have a victim. <laughs> that's the point of comedy, you know, is like the jesters are supposed to entertain in the, in the, you know, negative times or to take your focus off of, you know, kind of like watching the football and taking the blue pill for a day and just taking, taking your mind, focusing on something that's not so negative or bleak that's around you all the time. And, you know, it's, it's funny that like, like you're saying like comedy wokeism and things like that like when a lot of that kind of really started taking off is i mean maybe i don't know about 20 years ago really like certain comedians started breaking off into like i don't know what else to call it other than kind of like nerd comedy whether it was people that were like you know more like your big bang theory jokes and stuff like that those started getting real famous you know instead of your raunchier your you know dave chappelle's and whatever which dave dave was still popular but my point is is people started kind of like neutering themselves socially a little bit yeah beta male comedy now, yeah and it's like we started making all these like first world problems and everything and but then at the same time we were so ramped up with i don't know it's weird how things go in cycles like the news or anything like we're coming back to that early 2000s all over again where we're self-censoring but we're also promoting like cnn as the king again like let's go to war overseas like everything it's, you know what i'm saying it's almost like time capsule of 20 years ago and I, I don't mean this in a bad way but you guys are a little bit older than me but you remember like the propaganda machine of 2002 2003 of fox news and george w and oh yeah w and uh, it, it kind of feels very reminiscent to that again and certain comedians are getting canceled right now because of what they're saying out loud and yeah 20 years Dude. ago all over again I don't want some comedian with a man bun and a mocha latte, dude. I want Sam Kinison off of, you know, off of an eight ball of cocaine, holding a bottle of whiskey, screaming at the top of his lungs. Like, that's my era. You know what I mean? Like, those are the dudes that did it right. You know what I mean? No, no punches being held back. You know, I don't care if he offends you. Like, you know, uh, what's his name? The, the Italian dude. <laughs> the Dice Clay? Andrew Dice Clay, yeah, I don't know why I just threw a brain fart, but you know, those are those dudes, you know, like, even George Carlin, but like, I don't know, like, George Carlin was kind of, uh, I guess he, he was kind of like a, a lefty leaning, but like, dude, like, those dudes destroyed things, you know what I mean? They, they, yeah. they didn't care who they offended, you know, uh, actually, one of my favorite ones was, uh, um, uh, Bill Hicks, remember Bill, Bill Hicks? Hicks? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, man, young man on acid. That's like one mm -hmm. of the greatest skits ever. You know what I mean? Like these dudes, like right now, would like all have the wokesters all over them. You know, protesting <laughs> outside their shows. You know, and I I remember that one skit talking about Dave Chappelle, where uh, that he you know he's he's saying Asian jokes and the, the, the he called out the lady in the crowd 
And then she's like, I'm never coming to another one of your concerts. She wrote them this big old letter. And he's like, he's like, my wife is Asian, you know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh man, like people, I don't know. To me, it's an honor when people like, when people roast, you know, like Cholos or Hispanics or Mexicans, you know what I mean? Like the Latin, the Latin culture, like I take it as a badge of honor, you know? Even like, I like to watch black guys make fun of white guys. And I like to watch white guys imitate and make fun of black guys. Like, and not in a racist way, but you know what I mean? No. I like to see that dichotomy of, of these groups, you know, pointing out the idiosyncrasies and the little tendencies that all these other groups have and, and, and do it in a comedic stylistic way and make it yeah. funny. Because the one thing is I, I don't get much out of sports other than just an escape. But one thing, like, I think comedy is on another level from sports because comedy does have a place because laughter is medicine. So to me, like, if, if you spend a good hour, hour and a half, you know, watching some great comedy special where you're uh, hunched over laughing so hard, like, you can't catch your breath, you know, and your face is hurting and your stomach hurts <laughs> from, like, laughing so hard. Like, that's awesome, dude. Like, that is actual therapy for us humans. You know, we need that. We need that comedic relief. Remember, it's called comedy relief or... Yeah. You know, I don't know if you guys ever watched the movie White White Chicks. Oh yeah, oh dude, it's been a while. <laughs> no, nobody gives those guys a hard time about about white face and being women. Like, I mean, seriously, they went for it. Like, they went for a grand slam, and uh, that movie's just crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, that movie's oh, yeah. good. But could you imagine even if though, you were even though it was a like, couple white white girls dressed up as black men and like did a movie that like people's minds would explode? I mean. Tropic Thunder was incredible, but that's the yeah, and that's even been a minute since that came out to where it's like you know it's still some people think it's controversial now, but I don't really know if they've they're joking about apparently making another Tropic Thunder like Ben Stiller and that and and uh, Daddy Junior have joked about like in interviews recently, or if you were like they might actually do, it, but I don't see it happening. You know, there's certain things that are like place and time to where it's like you could only get away with it then. Or like a Blazing Saddles or whatever, you know. It's like you can try to remake it if you want, or try to make a sequel, or but it's like just leave it where it is because you somehow got away with it then, you know. Everybody, my, you're probably not gonna get two for two. You'll get one. <laughs> my father-in-law's favorite movie was Blazing Saddles, and I remember watching that for the first time back in I think it was like '92 or '90. No, it wasn't '92. It was probably around '95. So I was about like 17 years old, and I look, I look over at him, and I'm like. What the hell's with this movie? I thought it was for real. Like, this is the most racist movie I've ever seen in my life. And it's four like, minutes in, yeah. Right. And but that was the joke on me was that I didn't get that it was like on purpose. I didn't I didn't get it. And then I felt like a total idiot after. I was just like horrified watching this thing. And then I had to watch it again to really appreciate it without the lens of horror. Well, yeah. You know, that's funny because Mel Brooks, you know, a lot of people want to sit there and look at Mel Brooks's old movies and say that they're racist or they're whatever. And they forget that this is going to be like, you know, I, I got about 10 minutes or so, maybe 15 left with you guys. I got I got sick wife in the other room and I got a crazy cranky kiddo, but I'm going to lead into something and it's going to be funny the way it's going to happen. So Mel Brooks, a lot of people forget that he's a Jew. He's Jewish and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But it's funny that most people want to look at like, the African-American jokes or the gay jokes or the whatever, there's twice as many Jewish jokes and all of, it's almost like he's self-deprecating, making fun of himself. Like, you know, it's like how South Park, like you can't get mad at us mm -hmm. because 
we equally make fun of everybody. You know, or Dave Chappelle, right. like people right. can say, Dave Chappelle, you go off the hinges. I make twice as many jokes against my own people than I do anybody else. You know, mm-hmm. but, but it's funny because, you know, like now we've got certain people that if you say certain things out loud, I don't know if you've been keeping up with Ben Shapiro, he's gone full, I don't know, like jihad in a way of his own. Like anybody that said anything about this Israel, Hamas, Palestine slash Iran, like big old funky convoluted mess, it's we're getting in this divisive mode of like people are calling extreme racism or we got to wipe these people out or like i don't know man like what are you guys thoughts on like what's going on right now because i think there's a lot of stuff to distract us but i think there's this freaking holy war going on that's about to get a lot bigger if we don't pay it well i do understand the dynamics of like you know prophecy is going to play out the events are going to come to pass and it's going to be inevitable you know um, but at the same time, like, I think people are quick to call for bloodshed and quick to, quick to, to pick sides, you know, and instead of picking sides, just pump the brakes, get more information, do some research. Don't just like, and, and look, the, the country of Israel, the physical nation, the government of Israel, you know, the United Nations created government of Israel is not. The, the the tribe of Israel, okay? There's a difference between the two. And 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 George Hobbs has really been hitting the hammer on the nail with this, you know, like go do your research and look what's actually behind all this stuff. You know, and and go look at the what's been going on in that area since the beginning of time. Even go look at the symbolism. I'm not gonna get into this here because we only got 10 minutes left. But like, dude, instead of praying for bloodshed and war and pumping the pumping the hundreds of billions of dollars and putting young people's lives at stake and doing this like we should be trying to bring peace okay and everybody's just quick to scream for bloodshed and really all it all it is to me is just another form of genocide from one side to the other or the other side back to the other and both of them are in the wrong you know any any group that would commit hostile acts of violence against innocent people you're wrong okay and I just think, dude, the like pump the brakes on the whole. We have to just, it's Israel. We have to do whatever we can for Israel. Like that is not the remnant that the Lord talked about who, who he's saving. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm talking about the Zionists, bro. They're evil and they're the synagogue of Satan. You know what I mean? And, and uh, they're the ones Jesus warned us about, you know? Um, we have, do we have real, you know, uh, you know, the, the covenant that the Lord made with the, with the Israelites, uh, you know, you have your remnant, you have your Christians that, that live over the, in those regions of the world as well. So we have brothers and sisters that are over there suffering. And, and I don't even want to see people of the Islamic faith suffering or, 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 you know, innocent lives being took from either side. Like, I just think war is disgusting. It's repulsive. Like, I think that we should be more worried about taking care of ourselves at home than getting involved in this. But this is what the enemy wants. I mean, go read, I think it's what, page 309 from from uh, Albert Pike's uh, Morals and Dogma. This is the great war that they've been prophesying about for a long time. And they, they already knew from way back then that they were going to use uh, Judaism and, and, and Judo, Judeo-Christianity and, it, and uh, the Muslim faith. And they were going to pit them against each other in this battle to institute global control. Like this, this has been a plan for a long time. It's orchestrated by the enemy. So all these people that are quick to just throw this crap against the fan and be like, draw the line in the sand. You better pick one side or pick the other. If you're not with us, you're against us. Like, man, 
Do you guys even know what you're standing for? That's what I'm saying. You guys like pray for peace. You know what's crazy is you, us three, we're like the hippies. We're the hippies now from Vietnam. I'm like, I never thought that I'd be a hippie. Just praying right. for peace, give peace a chance. And you know, the lefties are crazy. The, the right, they're crazy. And then, and then there's us, the truth community. And we're, and we're the hippies. We're just like, oh man, let's just, let's have peace. Like how hard can this be? But we're, but we know better, right? The bankers, they fund this stuff and they're playing chess with innocent lives. And we're sitting here trying to get as many people from the right and left into the middle and not buy into the, the vampiric energy that's going on. Like they're just sucking people's lives. What do you think, Derek? Really funny because I kind of like, you know, I, I kind of brought it up a little bit earlier, but the whole like 2002, 2001 kind of vibes of, you know, Toby Keith told us to go put a boot in people's ass. It's the American way. Remember that, you know? And anybody that didn't stand with that, you know, George W. Bush said, if you don't do what we tell you, we'll kill you. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, we get there's that narrative now. But it's kind of ironic because it was really a lot of the right that was pushing the whole like war narrative, warmongering. We're sitting at a time now to where I think they set up this chessboard a couple steps ahead where with this Ukraine situation, we all of a sudden had the left who does not like Russia. And I think Russia, I'm not a Putin apologist, but I don't think they're as big of the problem as they want to make out. It's just money laundering BS. But with Putin, they've been pissing off the left of let's go to war with Russia. So now after a year and a half, we've got the right looking at Israel, the Holy Land, as some would say. Well, then now we've got the right wanting to jump into war. We've got both wings all of a sudden completely full-fledged, ready to go to war. And people are saying, well, these are two different wars, but they will lead into each other. Because behind Hamas, I think Hamas is like the Trojan horse, which is going to allow Hezbollah to come in behind, which is basically now we're messing with Iran, Lebanon, Egypt, we're, which then we're getting into Russia and China. And with this mm -hmm. bill that Biden's wanting to send money to, sending money to Taiwan to piss off China even more. Like, yep. I think we're stirring, the, we're just going and kicking a hornet's nest right now. And people don't realize that. Like you said, take a breath and realize there's more powers at play than just go kill bad people, you know? That's a great way to put it, dude. This is exactly what the situation is. Kicking the hornet's nest, dude. Like, that's exactly right. And by sending money to Taiwan, that is them like, like poking China with a stick. You know, they've been doing that funny in Ukraine. And now they're doing this with the Middle Eastern world with Israel and building animosity from all these groups. It's posturing for a big fight. And, you know, um, when it comes down to it, I'm going to do what I need to do to protect my family. But, uh, you know, like, like George Hobbs said, you know, go listen to his, uh, one of his last episodes on the fact hunter where he talked about this. And, uh, you know, he's like, I, not a drop of, of American blood on those foreign soils. He's like this, I've had enough. I'm, I'm, a, I'm done seeing like, it's, it's our family and friends that are going out there to fight. Not these, not these elites. They're not sending these kids to their front line. They're playing, they're playing chess with human lives and it's disgusting. Right. And that's what it really comes down to is, you know, um, you know, think of the song Fortunate Son by uh, Creedence uh, Clearwater. Yeah. And I just want to double check real quick because the, the lyrics on this song are, you know, it's it's 50 years old, but the lyrics of it are still more relevant than ever. That, like you said, with, you know, he says something about, it, OK, 
some folks born to wave the flag, you know, red, white, and blue. Band plays Hail to the Chief, point the cannon at you. The next one, though, he starts talking about born with a silver spoon in hand. Don't they like to help themselves? Tax man comes to the door. They're looking like rummage sale. Meaning, like, you all of a sudden, yeah, nobody's going to send off the rich kid. How many people that were famous got to avoid it because they went to college in 68 or they went to, you know, it's, it's the same thing, same playbook all over again. We're putting American lives at stake. For people that don't even know what's going on, while the people that are over there, they're getting bombed and blown up with our own weapons that have been left behind in, in the other forever wars. I mean, you know, this could go forever, but it's the thing is, is it's been going on forever. And half of, all of those these problems, these global problems, is our our hand. I hate to use the word globe, but you, you get my point. It's, yeah. it's got to be population control, too, because of all these, think about all these young men. And on either side, and same with Israel. Like, I mean, they're I, they probably had like an instant draft right there, like boom. Every young, abled man, as it is, they all have to have military service. Yeah, but you you're just right back in it. If you're probably under twenty five, you're just right back into this in, into combat. And how many of these guys want to be career military? Right, one percent, maybe five percent want to be career military. Right, like, and same with Russia. Those guys don't want to fight. They don't want to fight their own relatives in Ukraine. Like they're they're not that far removed. Like anybody who's telling you that Ukraine Ukrainians are different from Russians, they're not that different. The cultures are very similar. They got they got relatives on both sides. Those people do not want to kill each other. And I know that there's a lot of uh, bitterness between what the governments are doing. And it's oh man, it's just it's so. Yeah, I get upset just thinking about these things, about these young kids. And George George summed it up right. Think about all the generations that are affected by all these millions of kids dying and not being able to have their own families. Like, that's truly upsetting. Well, it's like that Ron yeah. Paul moment against Giuliani when he basically, you know, the, you don't have to go to the conspiracy in 9-11, but basically when Ron Paul told Giuliani in 08 that, yeah, I think maybe we kind of did provoke the Middle East to attack us if that's what really happened. You know what I mean? And Drew, how dare you say that? Well, I say that because we've been meddling in their elections. We've been overthrowing their governments, their banks, their this, their that. They're like, we've been funding, funding these their... groups. Yeah, yes, we funded these groups, groups like they were CIA assets. Yeah. You know, like people forget that. And same thing with Hamas. You know, the that that group was created by the Israeli government. What? That's and now it's funding. Like, and we fund, and we fund both. We give, we give resources and weaponry, and fund both of them. Yeah, both yeah. sides. Afghanistan, to rule that board and throw, yeah, <laughs> throw money on red and black and rule that board. Why would you do that? I don't know. I'll win either way. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I went to go see Rambo three, and Rambo's helping Al Qaeda fight off the Russians. And then they like dedicate the movie to them. I was like, oh my god, folks, like <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. Mm-hmm. And brothers, we live in a crazy world, man. It's just, it's funny. It's just back to whatever subject, whether it's the holy war that they're trying to distract you from and get your emotion. Like if you have been paying attention to it, fairly, it gets you emotion-based, right? You know, it's like, oh my God, there's a war going on. If you're not that in tune, they're going, hey, by the way, Taylor Swift has been at these Kansas City Chiefs games, so don't look at this. It's like, we're living in this world of confusion. And I mean, that's why you got to keep, like you, you, all your people the firm mentalists man you got to keep that dome handy and 
we're we just living in some weird ass times, man. <clears throat> Sorry to clear my throat, but I mean, I don't know. I'm, like I said, I'm going to have to get off here in a couple of minutes, but um, I mean, is there anything you're wanting to close out with or you got any thoughts? No, nah, go ahead and go ahead and uh, Alex will shoot it to you. Then we'll shoot it back to Derek and then I'll, you know, we'll stay our peace out. But uh, you guys, final thoughts, man. Go first, Alex. Yeah, Derek. Uh, I just wanted to say next time you decide to have a retro video game night, you make sure to let me know first because I'm the one with the closet full of retro video games and we could just go on forever. So this is the guy. This is your boy right here. I can get down on that too, man. I, and I, I want to do, I've been wanting to do a UFC episode. Uh, that's good. We're going to have one of those coming out soon. So be looking forward to that. And uh, also, man, just once again, man, glad to have Scipio Eruditis on the team. And glad to have Derek Stitt officially on the squad now, too. You know what I mean? We're going to be building up all these podcasts. Now it's a, a trinity of podcasts that we're, we're just going to build and further expand our wings. Yes, sir, man. Like you said a while back, man, we're like Voltron. We're like joining together. Man. <laughs> but man, I really, uh, you know, I really appreciate you guys having me back. And it's, it's just kind of fun BS and then just kind of talking Stitt, get a little fundamental out there and. You know, it's it's cool because we kind of we started all getting to know each other at the same time and started all this journey at the same time and we're still on the same journey together and it's so cool that nobody's forgetting each other. We're staying together as a team, you know, and I'm really appreciating you guys having me back on. I'd love to have both of you guys come on and we'll do a talking stit and we can just have another free flow and just BS our way through some what you know, oh, in there will be more crazy stuff going on in the world we can elaborate on. You know, it's like turn on the TV tomorrow and what can we convert sober? Yeah. Dude, we should do the three of us on Talking Stit on retro uh, video games and retro toys. Oh, hell yeah. I'm down. I'm down, man. Educate I'm down. The children. Educate the children. Yeah, man. How Tell them how the toys were way cooler when, before they were born. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, you know, th oh, guys, thanks man. for joining us, Derek. Thanks yeah. for having me, man. And just, you know, just, you know, um, it's cool, this little journey that we're all on together. So if anybody wants to hear me ramble on about different subjects of conspiracies or anything and everything, check out Talking Stit on Spotify. I've got a Talking Stit page on Facebook as well. And then um, find that and you'll find me. But as always, you guys are awesome, firm mental. I'm glad you guys had me back on. I'm glad you guys have taken off as freaking through the stars or wherever we're going, man. We're we're going for the dome, but it, it's been <laughs> awesome. Man. This journey, to, this journey together is fun. Shoot for the dome, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> but uh, all right, folks. Well, thanks for joining us. We're gonna let Derek go take care of his uh, sick child and his and his sick wife, and God bless them. Speedy recovery to them. Uh, thank you once again to my brother Alex and for all the firmamentalists out there. Remember, protect your dome, and we'll see you next time. How do we find ourselves here within these walls and chains as a teardrop lands? Who is there to blame?
Till skies turn